You bought strawberries. Who do you think you are? Did you buy homemade bread? What are you, QAnon? <laughs> this is where the gaslighting gets really good. My nickname around these parts is Dead Weight. I haven't been considering scissor. I'm prepared to travel in time. We were deep into an Adam Sandler rabbit hole in this podcast. How did that happen? A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It's time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bauer. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. I can already tell how much you hated the movie because you did not come in enthusiastic at all. (laughs) This movie made me angry. Yeah. Same. Hi, Kurt Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hi, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hi, Jason Bowers. <laughs> it's a different kind of show today. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, we're gonna we're changing it up just a little bit because Kurt hadn't watched the movie yet. And we we, we had. And so we came up well, Jason came up with the idea of Kurt, why don't we just tell you about it? Well, yeah, because for good news for the audience who've been following around with, with my following along with what I've been up to, I got news this morning. I'm in full remission. Woo! Yay! And, um, I had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I am now full remission. And I said, really? Like, imagine after getting news like that, the next thing you have to do is you have to watch this Hallmark movie. <laughs> And I said, yeah, is it, is that really like, I'm going to look back on my life and that's the, the day I found that news. I had to run home and watch a Hallmark movie. So yeah. these guys were understanding, they're compassionate. So you don't have to watch it. We'll just explain it to you. Yeah. Cause Kurt, Cause li- movie- like you were about to cross the street and get hit by the bus. That is a bad movie. And I, unless right. wanted to push wanted you out of the way. Yes. yes. See? Well, I appreciate it. You guys you- are. You guys are true friends, I have to say. We're all friends right. on the show, and <laughs> I did not have to watch this. You, <laughs> you want to celebrate. We didn't want to wreck your celebration, yeah, and I this know. would have wrecked your celebration watching this movie. Okay. And now we're going to spend the next hour and a half with you guys telling me about the movie. Yeah, the movie we're talking about, by the way, is is a, uh, a Hallmark movie from uh, 2015 or 16 called Love at the Ranch. So just keep that in mind when we start talking about it, because it, it, avoid it. <laughs> And I don't know where Les. And funny, I don't know where Les found this movie. He just like it's. Like, uh, I so and, and so p- full transparency. So last week was Fourth of July weekend. I forgot to pick a movie because the movies normally come on during the weekend. I wasn't at home, so I found this on YouTube. And what did you search to find this movie? <laughs> I literally just put Hallmark movie. And that came up. So YouTube obviously hates me. <laughs> YouTube really hates me. No, YouTube and, hates me. <laughs> and it lied and said it was from 2021. But then watching the movie, I was like, oh, this was before the new regime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely very formulaic. Um, not that they've moved away from being formulaic, just the formulas changed. Uh, and it, uh, I noticed that it was old because of the phones they would use. And oh, the, the, who, whoever wrote this movie, like, didn't even try. 
Like seriously, they didn't. They didn't even. They didn't even make an effort to to. Uh-huh. And you know, it? we we have friends of our show who are writers, who are Hallmark writers, sure. and it and they put they put effort into it, and we've talked to them, and they put effort into it, and actually. They, they make it sound interesting and it sounds like they do research and really like put their all into it. In defense These people of did not in defense no. of anyone that's been involved in a bad movie on Lifetime and Hallmark at, at the end of the day, like you could write a very solid movie. But if the direction isn't right or the casting isn't right or maybe there's fights behind the scenes as to which direction to take the movie, it's like it, it can't hmm. be attributed just to the writers. Well, there must have been a knockdown, drag out <laughs> personality conflict because <laughs> this movie, this was worse than Elevator Girl. Yeah, I was gonna say. However, you you often cite Elevator Girl. I, I don't know this Elevator Girl. El- I don't know that. Yeah. That was back this, in the this day. Makes el- this makes Elevator Girl look like Cruella. Cruella is that good? Oh, Corella's good. I liked okay. Corella. You know, this 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 made okay, this movie made Elevator Girl look like Black Panther. Okay. This makes Which is one of my favorite movies. This makes Elevator Girl look like the Magnificent Ambersons. Like, yeah. Anybody else have a reference? I don't know that one. <laughs> I, I normally get, get the uh, arcane ones, but that one I don't get. That's the second Orson Welles movie after uh, Citizen Kane. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, this makes Elevator Girl look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> that's how bad this movie was. Jeez, that's pretty I'm bad. telling you. Man. I, yeah. You but, know who's in but, Citizen Kane? Um, Agnes Moorhead, who was in Bewitched. Yeah. She's the mother. And you know who else? Um, what was her, uh, uh, Ruth Warwick, who went on to be Phoebe Tyler Wallingford on All My Children, was on Citizen Kane. Who did she play in Citizen Kane? Rosebud. Yeah. I forget. What's that? I forget. <laughs> she played Rosebud. She, she played Rosebud. Yeah. <laughs> Rosebud, and we all know what Rosebud stood for. Don't, don't give it away. I'm not saying it. Somebody didn't uh, say it. Are, oh, are no, we worried about spoilers for a movie that came out in was it 1936? How how? 40, what is that movie? Yeah, something like that. I I, I think. Uh, hey, speaking of that, I know we're getting off topic, but. I just saw the movie Return to Oz for the first time, the 1985 movie. Wait! Yeah, and boy, this is a dark movie. They they take Dorothy. Dorothy keeps talking about Tin Men and, you know, uh, witches. So they take her to, like, a mental institution to have her, like, electric shock therapy. So to to wipe out her memory of the stuff. And then some little little girl rescues her, and they run her, and they run away. The little girl, little girl drowns in the river, and Dorothy just floats away and she goes back to Oz. And Oz is the chicken. Dark. Yeah. It's this bleak place with like street gangs from the Warriors. And was this a a commissioned sequel to the original or what? What is it? It was an unofficial sequel made by Disney. So because Disney, well, it's like Disney had the rights to the books or, but I think they were also public. Now here's the deal. Yeah. Here's the deal, because I, when it comes to Oz, I am outing myself as an Oz nerd. Because when I was in fifth grade, I read them all. There are 13 Oz books. Wow. 
And yeah, which which show. one of them is the basis for the HBO show? There's an HBO. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, so this sequel it just gets darker actually... in each edition. <laughs> Dorothy's in prison now. Dorothy's in prison. <laughs> I wrote a sketch. So, so, yeah. I, wrote, I wrote a sketch like that one time uh, uh, for, for a Fringe Festival where it was Oz, like the HBO Oz, and it was Dorothy and the Tin Man rolling there. <laughs> I'm sure someone else has Jeez. done that. I'm sorry, I interrupted what? your your uh, stream of consciousness about uh, uh, Oz, Les. Oh, no, no, that no, no. Oz and so that sequel, for the most part, other than the, the electroshock therapy, the majority of that stuff really did happen in the sequel, but not the, not the electroshock therapy part. Right. I wonder if, because uh, I've never read any of the books, I, is the first book actually darker than the movie? No, no, I don't think so. It's, when you find yeah. out, though, what the symbolism is for, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Like, for example, the poppies are like, you know, symbol, they symbolize drugs and what happens when you're on drugs. Right. You know, and then the snow coming from the sky to wake them up is, you know, yeah. That. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that that's a whole other layer I, of the movie. I have yeah. not watched oh, Wizard of Oz that. since I was very young, so I might need to go back and watch it now just to uh see what the fuss is all about. And then watch Return yeah. to Oz right after it cuz yeah, it's a uh, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, it's dark and 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 Dorothy is the appropriate age in Return to Oz. She's like 10. Right. But, uh, Right. And then she grew up to do the craft. <clears throat> yeah. So that's cool. Um, well, <laughs> before we get started, uh, do we have any Black China news? Because that's going to be the highlight of our <laughs> podcast. Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Yes, this came out just this afternoon. Today is July 12th, 2021, and this is from, uh, oh, it was at Yahoo News, and they brought me over to StyleCaster.com. Kim and Kylie just accused Black China of violently attacking Rob in a drug-fueled rampage. Oh. Oh, poppies? All right. Poppies, yes. Uh, a, new, <laughs> a new court filing reveals Kris Jenner. Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner have accused Black China of assaulting Rob Kardashian before their split in 2017. The court documents, which were obtained by Radar Online on Monday, July 12th, were issued in response to China's online ongoing lawsuit against Rob and his family. For those of you who aren't aware, China originally sued the entire Carr-Jenner family in 2017 over accusations of assault, battery, domestic violence, and defamation, according to page six. And then there's also, uh, they're also she's also suing because she thinks that they got her TV show canceled. But basically, uh, the, the Kardashian-Jenner family have come up with this, and they're saying this is why the show was canceled. Members of the Kardashian-Jenner family are set to face off against the China in court in October 2021. Uh, they've oh. denied all allegations against them. And uh, in court documents attained by Radar Sisters, Kim and Kylie claimed that the network had no choice but to cancel the show. Now, here's what they say. Um, 
So on the night of uh, December 14th and into the early morning hours of December 15th, 2016, during an alcohol and drug-fueled rampage, China violently attacked Mr. Kardashian. Uh, Their court documents read, as per radar, these events along with those that preceded it and as was ultimately revealed by ensuing events of 2017 showed the toxic and volatile nature of the Robin China relationship that made the completion of filming and airing of a second season of the show untenable and unhealthy. While the network allegedly attempted to give Robin China time to work things out, the filing claims events unfolded that proved they could not do so, citing China's 2017 restraining order against Rob as an example. So um, that's uh, their... They are, uh, Kim, Kylie, and Chris are, are describing uh, China's lawsuit as a far-fetched theory, nothing more than a publicity stunt. And that's, uh, that's pretty much it there. But then wasn't there a ruling where the judge wanted to see stuff, like that China, like, actually, wasn't there kind of a ruling? There, there was a ruling on the last China's episode. Favor? In the last episode, we talked about a ruling where they were going to uh, mm-hmm. allow unaired footage to be, I guess, subpoenaed, unaired footage okay. from the show. Because okay, I had com- I had commented on the fact that imagine being the judge where, like, your job while you're on this case is you oh, right. have to watch footage that wasn't even good enough to put in the show. Hey, imagine, right. imagine there, there was a lawsuit involving this Hallmark movie you, you, you guys just watched, and then a judge would have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> would you leave – would you uh, – less? would you try to get uh, disbarred I sure would. <laughs> no, I, I would be, you know, like, uh, you know, when you get, say, a, a speeding ticket and you go to traffic court and if the arresting officer or whatever doesn't, uh, you know, the, when the, the ticket doesn't show up, it's like an automatic pass. Like, I imagine the judge watching this movie will get him a five minute sit and be like, all right, you're, you guys aren't getting sued anymore because I can't sit through this crap. Right. <laughs> So, 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 Jason, before we start, yeah. you sent us a picture of a a bottle of Hallmark wine yes. with a snowman winking. Yes. What's up with that? Uh, a Where did you find fr- that? A good friend of mine used to be employed uh, by Hallmark. And, oh, I'm, actually, I don't know if she was an employee of Hallmark, maybe a subcontractor. But either way, worked with Hallmark. Uh, for several years, and they gave those out at the holiday Christmas party last year. And she had a party for her husband's birthday that I went to over the weekend, and she pulled that out for me. I did not try it yet. Oh. Next, oh, time. I was going to ask you. Yeah, another time. The wine's like, ha, ha, you had to drink me when you're watching the Love Ranch. Ha 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 ha. The Love. I need ranch. something stronger from Hallmark if I'm going to watch another movie like this. Good lord. Oh. Jeez. Wasn't that, wasn't that a song by the B-52s? The Love Ranch. It's the Love, the Shack. Love Shack. The Love Shack. Tin the Roof Love Rusted. Shack. Put it this way. This movie was so bad, <laughs> it was even difficult taking notes for it. That's Oof. how little happened. I, I had two Christmas. friends that were like, oh, we'll come over and watch it with you because they sort of enjoy the cheesiness of Hallmark movies. And they were both like, oh, my God, this is so bad. This is rough. Right, it's rough. The only, right. The only person I ever watched one of these with was Les. Well, we were in um, we were in Fresno or Indianapolis or somewhere. We uh, yeah, but that movie was good. It. Yeah, I thought you've you watched it with your movie. mom in the you past, Kurt. My yeah, mom you watched with your mom. Oh, I may have. Yeah, because right. Les and I yeah. want to have her on the show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. Yes. 
Well, Les, should uh, we uh, should we rip off the band aid and and start telling Kurt about what he missed? Uh, okay, Kurt. All right. This is what you missed. You're gonna you're gonna want to hug us when we're done with this because I was I, I was thank, willing to watch this. Okay, here we go. You thank your lucky stars. Wait, just based okay. on the title, Kurt, Love at the Ranch, not having seen this movie, what would you imagine this movie is about? Hmm, let's see. Well, there's a ranch involved. So where where are they? In Texas or somewhere? They're in a ranch. But, okay, uh, is it like a horse ranch? That's what I, I imagine. I don't like really think they really kind of say ranch. what kind of, like it's, they farm and stuff there, but there's... Yeah, it's not a ranch like you would normally think of, and it's. I don't think it's in Texas. They never really said where the yeah. ranch was, but I think it was well, probably not far there. from Seattle. Yeah, okay, so not far from Seattle. Yeah, she drove oh, there ranch. from Seattle. Horse ranch, or they might be referring to a rancher, like a one-story house. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's I guess it was. I think it's, it may have been one story. No, it was huge. Hmm. Never mind. It was. It was no, massive. it was huge. Yeah. So I imagine it being some kind of a rent, like a horse ranch, and uh, somebody falls in love. Maybe there's a maybe there's a like a strapping young farmer, and um, <laughs> and like his old high school sweetheart comes back into the uh, the ranch town. Well, you got strapping young uh, farmer, yeah. right? What's that? You got strapping young farmer, right? Okay. Well, not even strapping. And and uh, he, really he goes into town. He goes into town to town to pick up a bag of cornmeal, and he he, he they meet cute <laughs> again. Well, that's, that's, that's what kind I think. Of, yeah, they do that, have a meet cute at a I store. Didn't touch the whole movie. I think that's where it ends. Yeah, they meet cute. Oh no, they have a meet cute at the store. They do. Mm-hmm. Wow, I think I, I got this peg. But not not with uh, cor- you say cornmeal, not cornmeal. Cornmeal, yeah, bag of cornmeal, yeah. Okay, so we're at an outdoor restaurant. Les said this is going to be our shortest show. It's already it's already the longest. (laughs) Okay, we're at we're at at an outdoor restaurant in Seattle. Allison, Allison, our heroine. Now, I knew that we were in trouble because she was not very busy. Did you say she's on heroin or or she is our heroine? Oh, if only they were talking fast enough to make this movie go by faster. <laughs> okay. So, so she's so she's not very busy. She's actually having lunch with her friend. So I knew that there was going to be a problem because normally our our uh, Hallmark <laughs> ladies are running around frantic trying to get their work done. She was not. She was sitting at a table looking at old pictures of her mother, which I was like, okay, her mother's dead. I see dead people. This sounds unusual, too, because usually there's, like, one friend. But you're saying she had a group of friends. Well, no. it was one friend. And it was her co-worker, too, by the way. Yeah. Okay. I, I did you notice less that she kept referring to her mom and her relationship with her mom? She never mentions the dad. So you don't know anything no, about him one way or the other. Is he alive? Is he dead? Was he in the picture? Not in the picture? No, not one word. Not one word. <laughs> so, so then she's talking to her friend. Her friend brings her. Her friend has like a frappuccino and then brings her just like a black coffee. And so her friend is like, 
how can you drink that black coffee? I, you know, it seems so boring. And then she says, sometimes the simple things are the best things in life. So that's the through line. And boy, was this movie simple. So, um, so then she's we. So then she's back in the office and she's working on a pitch because she has she's going to pitch this big story to her boss about an now. author that she grew up loving. She talked about her at lunch. Yeah. Uh, the author's name is Annabelle Harper. Right. Yeah. And what kind of company now. is this? It's a, a book. It's a newspaper. Oh, news a newspaper. It's a newspaper. Okay. Yeah. She, she's writing in a newspaper in Seattle where this movie is set and going on and on and on about how she wants to write this story about this author, even though she's a journalist with like constant front page stories at this Seattle newspaper. And she wants to write an an article about an author. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so like, so like she's really nervous about, so this is the part that was dumb and didn't make sense too. Because she's really nervous about talking to her boss. She's like talking to herself, practicing her pitch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. She's rehearsing. And then, so then she walks up to the boss's office. We see the boss yelling at someone, but it's not even like the boss isn't scary at all. The boss is like someone's grandma or something. And even when she's supposedly yelling at this guy, I'm like, wait. That's the best you could do to intimidate someone. You were no well, Miranda Priestley. I think it was Hallmark's version of bitchy, which was not even remotely bitchy. No. Like not even intimidating. No. So she's not Imelda Marco. What was that woman's name with all the shoes? Imelda, Imelda Marcos. Marcos? Yeah. No. Yeah, Marcos. Yeah. Oh please, she's not even um, June Cleaver. June <laughs> Cleaver was more intimidating than the June. Woman. Okay. We, we, we a lot of comparisons on today's show. Right. <laughs> Which kind of looked like June was, Cleaver, actually. She made June Cleaver look like the Magnificent Ambersons. Right. <laughs> she made June Cleaver look like Miranda Priestley. So, so then she shows up. Okay, and, the, and Jason, did you notice that the lines were weird? Because she shows up and she's talking to the boss, and the boss is like, your trusting nature gets you into trouble. That sounds like a and weird then, something like a warped Hallmark card. It, it kind of well, I mean that we've seen that message in Hallmark movies before. Like, hey, little lady, don't get too big for your own britches. <laughs> right. Like they, they don't say they, they don't say it quite that condescendingly, <laughs> but it's it's like um, uh, it, it's almost like gaslight <laughs> condescension. Yeah. So so. She presented this story to her boss as she was going to do an expose on this Mm -hmm. author, Annabelle Harper. And then the boss kept on saying, now, remember, we are a hard news outlet. And she kept on saying it like we are a like like we are a hard news outlet. And then it turns out that the boss actually likes her. The boss is like nice to her. Well, we and find we her. and we find out later in the movie the boss has been like a mentor to her since her mom died. Yeah, yeah, and so that so then this it really didn't make sense because like the boss was supposed was kind of I'm putting in air quotes bitchy, but she actually wasn't bitchy to her. Okay. And she is later and in the to movie the point. Now. 
to the point that the boss was like, um, cause she's, the boss is like, well, this isn't something that we would normally do cause we're a hard news outlet, but I'll let you do this. Like she, she let her do it. I also think and she's it, like, you have, this isn't even like 2021 newspaper. It's like newspapers for many decades have had things outside of hard news in that newspaper because that's how you sell ads. Right. The more content you have and the better the content is, the more people will subscribe and then the more you can charge for your ads. I mean, every every major paper has a travel section, yeah. an entertainment section, helpful hints from Heloise. Mm-hmm. They have all that stuff in, in a hard-hitting yeah. newspaper. They have comic strips like Henry yeah. and Family Circle. But now what kind of a hard – what do you mean by hard-hitting news? Like the whole – paper had to be about plane crashes or well like there's a storyline later in the movie and i didn't even quite understand why but the mayor was going to be resigning the mayor of seattle was going to resign and she got an interview with him and 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 so like the boss is like so the boss is like you have 20 minutes to get me hooked on this story and she does and the boss is like fine go but just be back in five days. Like she had, did she give her a week? She gave her like a week or something. Give her like, like a week. Go be yeah. back in a week. Yeah. So, so then. Well, 20 so, minutes is plenty of time for a pitch. No, it was two minutes, seconds. I think. I think it was two minutes. Yeah. And the boss is like, fine, but, go. Well, when she, when three she started, hours to convince me. Yeah. When Allie started, do, <laughs> Allie started doing her week-long TED Talk to convince uh uh, the boss, the boss started shit talking Annabelle Harper. Yeah. So then Allie had to defend her. So we already know this. Like it's it's sort of a beloved author that this this newspaper woman sort of thumbs her nose up at. Huh. Right. And by the way, I figured out the entire movie in like five. Like, oh, absolutely, in, in absolutely. Because the whole thing so, with Annabelle, Kurt, is that uh, we, we she's a recluse. So, like, she hasn't I been – uh, she stopped writing many, many years ago. And w- what was that you said, Kurt? Oh, no, I think I figured it out, too. Or at least I have an idea. Yeah. So, the, yeah. You know, it's a mis- mystery. This author hasn't been seen, hasn't written in many years. And the owner of the ranch where Annabelle used to go and write her books uh, is going to let – Allie stay there and ask her questions about her time knowing Annabelle when she would visit there. Right. All right. So I think, can I tell what I think is going on? I think Annabelle, uh, I think Annabelle is dead. Someone else is ghostwriting for her. That would have been way more fucking interesting. That would have been, that actually, I would have actually enjoyed that. But that would be way too deceitful for Hallmark. Oh, okay. Right. All I right. would have actually liked that. I'm not sure. I thought maybe the, the, the strapping f- farmer guy was the ghostwriter. That would have been fucking interesting. That would have been very good. I would have enjoyed that, actually. <laughs> All right, well. Not even close. <laughs> so, so then we see, like, they're in the small... Um, we're in the small town. She's driving. Allison's driving. She stops. She's in the. Ta- she stops by a store uh, to. And as she stops by a sto- the store, this guy like kind of checks her out. Like he sees her park her car and he kind of checks her out. 
And so then she goes into the store and she sees this orchid and she's going to go for the orchid, but then this other guy gets to the orchid first. And so she was like, you know, oh, okay, I'll go get something else. And the guy's like, no, 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 take it, take it, you know? And she just kept on refusing to take it. And the guy kept on saying, no, you got, you know, just go ahead, I'll find something else. And so um, she doesn't take it, but then the guy buys the orchid and then goes and puts the orchid on her car. So when she leaves the store, the orchid is uh, the orchid's on the hood of her car. How did he know? Nice. How did he know which car was hers? He saw her. He saw. Oh, he, he saw her drive up. Car. Okay, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he saw so, her drive up. So they had a big disagreement over who's going to buy the orchid. Not even a big disagreement. No, it, it, it was, was a, like no. Like, you you, you were there it. first. No, you take it. You take it. So she's finally like no. I'm sorry. No, he. Bought it and then he put it on her car. Yes. So he gave it to her. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There, there was no animosity at all. Like he was very polite to her. She was very polite to him. And yeah, that was it. And just wait till you find out how the orchid comes full circle in moments, Kurt. Ugh. All right. I'll be here. <laughs> He's so, so disgusted with this movie. <laughs> Right. I'm invested. So, so then she drives to the ranch <laughs> and we see this lady getting her mail out of the mailbox mm-hmm. and she's the host. She's the one that lives in the ranch. And the look on her Allison, face when she gets the mail, by the way, was like she she opened something that clearly wasn't good news. He had a pained look on her right. face. Yeah. So Allison then shows up and gives her the orchid as a hostess gift. And so then um, she tells. Is, is that the full circle? Almost. Almost. Right, almost. We're okay. three quarters of the so circle. Then they, yeah, so then, so then she starts telling the lady about this guy that she, that she met at the store. And she's like, it's about this guy. And the lady's like, it's all, it always is. And so then, um, so then we go and like she gives her like a little tour, and we see the room where Annabelle wrote her novels, and um, you know who would love this movie less? Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I wrote, I wrote okay, and then wrote what I thought the movie was, the oh, ending okay. was. When they walked in that room, I was like, Tom Hanks would love this movie. Oh, totally. Do you know why? Why? Because they had this like really nice old timey typewriter. And Tom Hanks is like weirdly known for collecting old timey typewriters. From 1931. I think I heard about that. I think they did a documentary about it. There's a documentary about him collecting old typewriters? Either about him collecting old typewriters or is about old typewriters that he's involved in somehow. And, and by the way, the ranch is called the Clyborne Ranch, so this is Mrs. Clyborne. Clyborne. Um, and then Mrs. Clyborne tells Allison, well, hey, while, while you're here, you can use the typewriter. You can type your stories on it. How exciting. So... And she doesn't then, have a laptop or anything. Right. <laughs> um, so they haven't met the esteemed writer yet. No. Okay. 
Oh, Tom, uh, the movie is called California Typewriter. Right. And if, when you search <laughs> Tom Hanks Typewriter documentary on Google, uh, they, right. the people also ask, uh, one of the things is, why does Tom Hanks collect typewriters? Well, <laughs> he has you hundreds of them. that movie to me, to me too. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. A documentary about Tom Hanks collecting typewriters. <laughs> hey. Yeah, whatever so, works. So she, okay. So she starts interviewing Mrs. Clyborne. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Clyborne's talking about Annabelle and how Annabelle loved the room that, that Allison is in. Like, she loved to type in that room. And um, the name Clyborne kind of, I imagine the person as a Cyclops cyborg. <laughs> yeah. Just words just sound the same. Yeah. So to me, in my mind, this is actually kind of interesting. Really? Well, because I imagine this person as a Cyclops cyborg. <laughs> Again, a way better movie. <laughs> right. The Cyclops so, so cyborg then, is the ghostwriter writing with the strapping young male. So, so then we find out that Mrs. Clyborne um, has like a group for kids, like a little charity group called the Cookie Kids. And the kids Sad. come and like make cookies. Yeah, well, it's a charity group. Yeah, like you would say, you would say it was a kind of a charity group, yeah, right? For, Jason, you know, like, for like yeah. the local community center kind of thing. Yeah. Did, how old do you think that girl Marie was? Oh, too old to be acting like that. that like fifteen. This, this, yeah, this girl looked like she was probably in real life, maybe eighteen or nineteen playing younger as like a 15 16 year old but she talked like a 10 year old it was weird and creepy (laughs) she was too old to be acting like that so as, as a matter of fact so the girl marie runs in with the guy and at first, this is how old she was i thought that they were dating yeah oh boy like she, because H- Hank is the guy who she met at the store. Hank? He's, yeah, Hank. So he comes into the house because oh. his <clears throat> mom is Mrs. Clyborne. Okay. So that's how I, the I orchid think, comes full circle. Hank's the guy who, who collects typewriters. Yeah, no. No, but Hank. This is Hank. Hank. Okay. Hank. And so when they were running around at first, when they came in, I thought they were running around like a boyfriend, girlfriend sort of a thing. Same. Man. And so, yeah. So, that's so crazy. then Hank is the guy who bought the orchid. But did he even say, hey, I know you? Yeah, they had kind of a, a moment yeah. where, where uh, Annabelle, <laughs> I mean, uh, Allie described to, what's her name, uh, Mrs. Clyborne, that they had met at the store. It was like that, they, it was like that old SNL sketch on synchronized swimming. Yeah. Hey, you, I know, I know you. you. I, know I know you. you. Remember? <laughs> Love that but, sketch. But then they never showed the orchid again. No. It it like had it could have been symbolism if the writing were better. Uh or yeah. if they had come back to it, but they never did. And, and so then it was weird because then Hank was like Nice to her than mean to her for no reason. Okay. Like he was said, like, like he was nice to her, and then she said hi, and then he just got this attitude with her, and it's like, why are you being a dick to her? You just like, you a did something really nice for her, which she was nice back and thanked you, 
And B, she hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was nagging her. You nagging? That was like a thing years ago. They just said that guys were supposed to do to meet women. Like you kind of like consult. I guess. Well, what he was, we'll find out later why he was being this way to her because he he doesn't like the fact that she's writing about the ranch. All right. Well, actually, he doesn't. He doesn't want Annabelle's story told. Actually, it was beyond that, and it was kind of women shamey because she talked about being he. He then got upset because she was like driven with her career and kind of passionate about her career. That's yeah, old timey Hallmark. Oh, well, you're driven. You're driven. Like it's a bad thing for a woman to want to excel in her career. Yeah, this is old old guard Hallmark to a T. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm, totally mm, women shaming. Mm, and so, like, know. he was nasty to the point that Mrs. Clyborne had to apologize for him when he left. And so then Hank we find a little that, serial like, killer-y too, didn't he? Yeah, he really like, did. He, this, he, really he did. was like one click away from being a Lifetime movie. Yeah. And this guy's the romantic lead in this movie? Yeah. He's a, he had yeah. a weird, a indecipherable accent um, and always had this look on his face like you push him just like a little bit too far and he's going to snap. Like the wrong farmer. Some of these uh, serial killers do have game, though. That Night Stalker guy, he was... Uh, a lot this, of women went to him. This guy had no game. <laughs> he had no game. No. <laughs> oh, so then all of a sudden we find out that the, the like she grows, like, homeopathic plants, too, or, like... She's into like vegan eating. Wasn't it like vegan eating or something? I mean, you like know that. me. Uh, you know I'm a five year old and I don't like vegetables. So when they started touring an organic vegetable garden, I was like, this movie is terrible. So yeah, just, so she talked. Are they just looking for things to do in the movie at this point, or? Well, yeah. she talked about she believed in the healing power of food. All right. And she's like, food is here to heal you. But then that was it. It didn't go like she's like, so heal yourself. But then it didn't go anywhere either. They just mentioned it once, but it didn't go anywhere. This is clearly like a note from the Hallmark brass at the time. We're like, you know, what's really big with women right now is healthy eating and all these healthy choices and things being organic. So we need to lean into that in our movies. And okay, so this guy, you know who, you know, (laughs) this guy reminded me. So I have these friends who live in Minneapolis where I stay and they have a cat. And so the cat's really mean to you, really mean to you, but then the cat will be really nice, right? Mm -hmm. To get you to come over to it. And when you pet the cat, then the cat like bites you really hard and scratches you and like messes you up. Well, that's how this movie felt. Like, this cat had sent people to the hospital. That's how the guy was acting. That's how Hank was acting with Allison. Because then they're talking again, and he's really nice to her. And he's telling her the secret of the farm, you know. Mm -hmm. The secret of the farm is like, you know, Mrs. Clyborne took care of the ranch like she took care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. But then, but then he kind of lulls Allison in, and then he, like, yells at her for no reason again. Well, the, again, this is old guard hallmark of the message of the movie is, 
hey, women, you, you need to rely on that guy in your life because he'll be your rock and he'll take care of you. But you don't want to wander off too far, little lady. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight in my mind. So Hank's it, Hank is he lives at the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. So he's part. Of, so here's so the people who live at the ranch is uh, Miss uh, Cyclops Cyborg. Yes. And. Right. Hank. Stella. Yeah. There's a, Stella. There's right. just two people. Okay. Yeah. And then that girl Marie right. is like her bet is uh, Stella's best friend's granddaughter. No, wait, yes. uh, wait. Okay. Who's Stella? Stella is Stella Mrs. Clyborg. Clyborg. Oh, Cy- yeah. Cyclops. Uh, Clyborg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah. Well, the, the reason so- Hank is being such a dick is because we find out about again going into this old guard hallmark thing his uh, he was close to getting married to somebody and things were getting really serious and they were living in the city and she dumps him and leaves him for her career right okay she so, was yeah so yeah. this movie is making you- uh being successful in one's career a bad thing for a woman you know, which had nothing to do with with Allison because it was a whole different career. Yeah. It was a whole different field, like a totally different field. Mm-hmm. So, so far, there's not really any conflict. Not really. Not anything that would keep a story going. And it just seems like there's people driving around <laughs> at this point. They're driving to the ranch. Yeah, and they're they're, they're not the even driving. They're just they're walking back. They're, they're, they're it's walking. all on the ranch now. Oh, okay. So they're walking around. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, at least it's good exercise. So then, so then Stella makes Allison come out and watch the sunset, and then Hank is there oh, just being that, really pissy. Again. Almost kind of interesting. You're like, you, I, I thought you just stopped with come out. She made her come out. No. That. Again, okay. you're writing yeah. a way more interesting movie than we saw. I'm telling you. I think I got a movie in my head. Oh, but so, we so, also so was telling Kurt about they they go into a little more detail about Cookie Kids, and they go into like it must be a real charity of some sort because they went into a lot of exposition about what it is, and all I came away with, wow, that's a weird name, and sounds like a sex cult. Oh my god, I'm googling it right. What now. was the name? Cookie, of it? Cookie, oh, Cookie Kids. Kids. Yeah. Did they did they do the usual thing where like they let one kid speak? There's like one kid. That yeah, actually, that it's this girl Marie yeah. who whose age TBD. Oh, she's the only one who gets gets the talk. Okay. Yeah, she's the only kid you really see. I don't know. I, I feel bad for these um, kids. Cookie Kids is a department store uh, for low cost, low cost uh, uniforms and clothes. Yeah, I don't think that's. So, it's definitely hmm. not cookies here in LA either. It's a big uh, marijuana store chain. Cookie kids. Cookies. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. not a real group of people. Well, well it's like a community so then, thing. It's like a community thing they're doing, right? It's yeah. not yeah. okay. Well yeah. the the way they talked about this ranch at some points in the movie, I'm like, is this a commune and they're just never addressing it? Right. Oh, okay. Because it was uh, so so do we know where this ranch is? I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, uh, but I need to know the details. Somewhere in Washington State, I guess. Oh, yeah. okay, that's possible. That's plausible. Is it? Is it? A, does it look like it's worth some money? This ranch is it's like huge. The, the house is huge, yeah. and the okay. grounds are yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and it was well maintained. It was. It was a well maintained ranch. Well maintained by. And Hank. There was water on the property too. Yeah. Well, even it was like, like a lake. 
Oh, okay. I thought you meant like the basin no. was flooded or no. <laughs> no, it was like a full-on lake. Oh, good. That's better. Yeah. All right. Imagine being a real estate agent and that's a selling point of a house. It's like, oh, they've got water on the property. Oh, no, there's a flood in the basement. We just never cleaned it up from the last guys. Need some refreshment? You take a swim in the basement. It's great. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. You barely notice the, the mold before me. <laughs> right? Oh, so then Hank kind of yells at Stella about the article, too. He's like, now is not the time to have an article uh published about you when is the time and then stella is like even stella is like you need to chill to hey she's like um why are you being like this and so then we find out oh so then stella gives allison a camera like an old camera and says take pictures while you're here yeah she claims annabelle left it behind yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, Kurt, this right. this mysterious writer who we never see anymore. Um, we'll see. Okay. Just take take note that Stella knows every fucking detail about every aspect of this woman's life. So, if you were watching this movie, what would you be thinking right about now? I would think that she had kidnapped this woman and she's torturing her and getting all her information from her. Remember, this movie is on Hallmark, not Lifetime. Not Lifetime. <laughs> Oh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, I'll give it a swing here. Uh, I think that Stella's the writer. I think that too. Am I, I wrong? think that too. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong here? I'm wrong. No, you're right. Okay. <laughs> not, no, not to, not to right. jump to the end of the podcast, but yeah, it, this is something that you figure out pretty much even before Allie gets well, to the ranch. Well, I know and the now, movie could have ended right here. I know now what it's like to listen to this podcast <laughs> and figure this out as I go along. And I have to tell you, I'm still on board. So spoilers okay. don't matter. Are you saying that l- listeners to our podcast like it because it's like putting together a puzzle? It's figuring some things out. And I also have to be careful because like I do this too. When I say somebody's name, I was like, I'll say like Eric Roberts, but then we say the character's name. Because I'm trying to think, wait, Stella, oh, that's Miss Cyborg. Cyborg yeah, Cyclops, name. Cyclops Cyborg, which is not easy to say, so thanks for coining that, uh, Kurt. <laughs> Cyclops Cyborg. <laughs> anyway, I'm on board. Let's keep going. Okay. So every night, uh, Stella and uh, Hank go and look at the stars. And so they're looking at the stars, and Hank tells to Stella, what if she exposes your secret? And then Stella tells him, don't confuse her with your ex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, so then we have a typing montage. And then <laughs> Stella wakes Allison up at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch the sunrise. And I yeah, wrote, just, if this were an indie film, <laughs> these two women would be having a May-December romance. Because <laughs> they kept going oh, on man. all these like sunrise walks together in the field. That's great. There's a there's some movie with Kate Winslet that was out. I, I couldn't even. I, I, I was I was shocked by the scenes. What was it called? It was her. Allison. Okay, okay. Oh, who? I, off. I know. I know what your movie you're talking about. Kate, Kate, Kate Winslet and the woman from uh, Lady Bird, whatever her name, and uh, she was in Brooklyn. She was in a couple movies, and, and they, they have a, they have a love affair in this movie. And then they did a parody of it on Saturday Night Live last year. But it's, it's called like Amalite or something like that. Oh. 
It was anyway. out like two years ago or a year ago, I guess. No, yeah, because like I saw it as like a SAG screener, something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um. And then Annabelle is like obsessed with with uh with uh not Annabelle. Allison is obsessed with Annabelle. She keeps on quoting her. You know, quotes like "When you release your potential, you fly above the highest cloud," mm-hmm. and all the homework. Um. Oh, so then we find out that, and I didn't get this either. What is this like? Uh. uh the Handmaid's Tale, because then Allison is telling, no, uh, Stella is telling Allison how she started an underground women's book club. Yeah. And they were doing this while they were, like, mass producing some sort of, like, baskets for the, the Cookie Kids charity thing. Yeah. Is it like a coven? This sounds like a series of little cults. It's, it's a, a cult land. Like <laughs> this ranch could legit have been a cult or a commune. Either one of those things. I, you know, I wish. I wish it was. It would be more interesting. Because I, I never understood why would you have to start an underground woman's book club? Because women are allowed to read in that town, I guess. I guess. It's <laughs> very strange. Yeah, it was weird. Underground so, book club. Hmm. I mean, they yeah. do sort of hint at uh annabelle the author being a bit of a progressive type personality right like just in terms of like the the themes and things she would write about in women's books women found very inspiring and so you know it sort of alludes to the fact that maybe annabelle herself thought that way like maybe she was like helen Gurley brown or something yeah but, but yeah, it's like, you know, I know in The Handmaid's Tale, they're not allowed to read, but I was like, why would you meet an underground woman's book club? <laughs> we don't like our women reading around here. Seriously. Oh, so then they're making kites. Like, yeah, they're, they're making kites. <laughs> yeah, well, this is... This okay. is what they that constituted action in this movie is let's have people building a kite. That's exciting to watch. Uh, and, and then uh, okay. These people have a lot of leisure any time. They, any questions, Kurt? Is everybody, is everybody in this movie retired? <laughs> They're watching stars, building kites. What Well, it's Allie hard. is technically working because she's interviewing Stella. Stella's doing stuff around the ranch while she's being talked to. Hank's always working. Alright, okay. I guess this is in our spare time. Yeah. So so then Hank takes uh takes uh, Allison to Lover's lookout to fly the kite. And then we we start talking about Annabelle and her her late husband Thomas. And then there's a whole story that I kind of tuned out. Did you listen to the story? No, and also, where the fuck were Hank's parents? Like, <laughs> like Stella right. clearly had a child that is Hank's mom or dad. We don't even find out. Where the hell were they? They're never even mentioned. Right. That's right, because Stella's Hank's grandmother. Oh. Okay. So then, and th- so this is weird writing, too. 
because then um, yeah. Allison asks Hank, well, because Hank then start, starts talking about how he lived in the city mm-hmm. and he moved back to the city to be with his grandmother. But And then Allison asks him, well, did you find love in the city? And he says, I found love, but her love was a facade. Yeah. And he literally said that. I take that. And the reason he had moved back to help uh, his grandmother is because the the da- the her husband had a heart attack and died. I see dead people. Yeah. And so she was so uh. devastated. So he's like, "Hey, I've got this chaos going on in my life too. Kind of want to get away, so I'll come help you." Love was a facade. So, so then Marie mentally challenged Marie. Was, <laughs> is she? Oh yeah, it's because possible. she's got a ten year old voice. Yeah. She came up with some dumb stuff. Oh. She really did. <laughs> mentally so, challenged Marie. So they're making pizza. So Stella and mentally yeah, challenged Marie are making pizzas. Uh-huh. And then at one point, because so Hank Marie made, made with the same uh, bowl that they made the kite. I'm sorry. Right. So Hank, Marie, and Stella, and uh, Allison were all in the kitchen. And for a minute, my heart, like, skipped a beat in a bad way because I thought that there was going to be a food fight, and I was going to, like, lose it and throw my iPad. No, we have seen that before. Yeah. Because he walks up to her and he wipes something off of her face. And then... Stella sees him do this and gets this funny look on her face. And I thought, oh, my God, he's putting flour on her face and there's going to be a food fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm hurling this iPad out of the window. But they yeah. did not have one. Thank God. But uh, uh, Susan came over. That's Mar- uh, Stella's best friend, Marie's grandmother. We've seen her before, too. I think. Yes. I don't remember which Hallmark movie it was, but there was an aunt that was obsessed with chocolate. I think it was that actress. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that was in a farm too. Okay. Oof. I don't remember that. Farms yeah, because it was a, the one where they had like something going on in the barn, and that aunt was like obsessed with chocolate. Something was going on in the barn. Yeah, like they were having a concert in a barn or something. Wait, was that the one oh. where they um where the the uh, the woman had flown to uh, go help, or help restore a carousel or something? Oh, and then there was like a time travel thing. No, no, was it no, there was, no. No, the, ta- the time travel carousel was a, a lifetime movie. It was yeah. actually good. Oh, that's right. It was it was sort of like a Hallmarkish lifetime movie. So okay, restore a car. Oh, I do remember the restoring the carousel. Yes, yes, I yeah. do remember that now. Yes, it might have been that so one. Proud of, so proud of myself. I love how they were dueling carousel movies. Yeah, and they, we watched them back to back just by coincidence, didn't we? Yeah, the lifetime one actually. The lifetime one, the time traveling carousel one. I actually enjoyed. So that did movie. I. That was good. That was the one with uh, yeah. uh, Tia or Tamara. One of the Maori yeah. sisters. One of the sister, sister. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everybody in the room, <laughs> even Marie, notices that Hank is into Allison. Like everybody. And if Marie's picking up on it, you know it's pretty obvious. <laughs> so, so then... Uh, Allison calls to leave her boss a rambling message, but it hangs up because her messages were full. 
So then uh, Allison is out taking pictures, and then we see Hank rowing. Yeah. And then these people act like no other city has ever had a farmer's market. (laughs) They were very excited about the prospect of this farmer's market. Did they just open the farmer's market? No. Do it for years. No, and again, and it happens even, like, at the ranch. He, he gave her, yeah, he and he gave her some food at some point. He goes, "I bet you don't, you wouldn't find this." And I'm like, "Um, hello, sir. I have like three farmers markets in LA, like near my house, that I could walk to on different days. We have that." What's also maddening about it is his character has lived in the city. Like, it's one thing for him to say, like, hey, I didn't like it there, but to be talking about things that you couldn't get there, you could get it all in the city. He lived in L.A. Yeah. Where there's a farmer's market in every neighborhood. Mm. One of the most famous farmer's markets in the country is in L.A. Yeah. So, oh, and then his dad actually was successful in L.A. because his dad had a restaurant. So he wouldn't be uh, familiar. He, would, he wouldn't be familiar with those places that sell food, like fresh vegetables and stuff like that. Right. And then he talked about how he would come and spend summers with Stella, the the kid Hank. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, so then he says, "What happened?" Okay, so so Kirk, yeah. see if you could guess how his girlfriend betrayed him. Go. Oh, it, it's something innocuous. Um, Actually, it's not. I mean, no. It's not. No. She didn't. Huh? Well, she hooked up with his brother. Oh, if only. No, no. Nope. Not as, not as uh, scandalous they, they, as that. They were both architects, and she were- stole his designs. Yeah. Oh, wow. See, that would... That would have been a good movie. Well, I didn't know they were architects. Uh, Wow. So she stole his designs. Hmm, That's pretty bad. Yeah, especially for uh, for Hallmark. I I was very surprised that they they made her her reason for leaving that harsh. But again, it was making her the villain of, like, she wants a career. Mm Mm-hmm. Because and then because because then he explains that's why he's suspicious of women oh. career driven women. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so <laughs> you villainize a woman who wants to have a career and be successful in her own right. That's a that's a quote unquote bad thing as far as old Hallmark goes. I'm trying to come up with, I'm trying to come up with a joke like he's she stole his designs. And then she constructed the Sears Tower. That doesn't work. Like something new. Oh, like Walt Disney there. Concert Hall. Yeah. What did they? What did? They, what did they build? And you could say you could say the New World Trade Center, but then that's that 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 brings up too much too many other things. Right. So then we find out about what Allison happened? that her mom died, and then. And then the boss basically kind of took her under her wing and gave her an internship and then gave her a job, which so the boss actually isn't as bad as they're making her look. Mm-hmm. 
I did like the yeah, way and- this was set up, though, because Hank was questioning her as... They framed it as, like, well, you're a journalist. Why do you have this great interest in fiction? But he was basically saying, why would someone like you have an interest in literature? Right. As if, why would a woman have interest in in literature? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, So then, yeah, so they're making this woman look like a dick when the woman basically was like, yeah, like a mother figure, you're like you said, Jason, and basically took her under her wing and gave her a, a, a successful career. Hmm. Where are we at in this movie now? Like, what is this the, the first half hour or the first hour? What? Oh, no, this is we're like more. almost an hour in yeah. uh, okay. at this point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is well into the movie. Because it's hard to determine the can, plot points. You know, the Sid Field plot points from the three-act uh, uh, restorative structure, uh, uh, screenplay structure. Uh, it could be an alternate structure, but this isn't, this isn't playing like Pulp Fiction or Memento. No, they're not, there's no time so, jumping. There, there's a very linear timeline in this. Yeah. So then Allison doesn't use her camera. She uses her iPhone and mm-hmm. takes a picture and posts it on, I guess, like Instagram or something. Uh, at the farmer's and market. Was, yeah, at the farmer's market. Oh, yeah, we're still there. So then Stella then looks at, at, uh, at Allison and says, you need a makeover. So they go to the oh. store and she, she has a makeover. To look yeah. like a country person. It, it's a shitty farmer's market shopping montage. Yes, and not even a makeover montage could save this movie. She gets a, a makeover to look like, like a what? A farmer? Yeah, they yeah. basically yeah. put cowboy hats on her in like a denim shirt or something. It was so, it was offensive. Yeah. She's holding a and jean. Yeah. <laughs> looks like the wife in American Gothic or what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When the girl giving her the makeover is this total like hot girl. Oh, you know, she's hooking up with the producer. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, oh, well. and so then Marie walks over and says, You look like you live here. So no, then. That doesn't sound like a compliment. So, so then she posts she posts the picture that she took of the farmer's market on, like, Instagram or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the farmer's market gets, like, packed. And, and they, all, of her Instagrams, all of her Instagram followers show up at the farm. Yeah, like, which was so weird because they weren't market. presenting her as being any kind of, like, social media maven or influencer. It was, and it was like, they were all so surprised that like, oh, a social media post can tell people about our products. What? Right. <laughs> There's such a thing as a computer. And we heard right. this from a woman. I know. She can <laughs> what, read. What's next? I'm Cyclops Cyborg. And I don't even know what that device in your hand is. <laughs> I'm from the future. So so then okay so wait the so the post generated an article in the town that got into her boss's hands in Seattle in a day. Yeah. 
Or like not even a full day. Like the next morning, the boss well, has this article in her hands and she's pissed. I didn't think that – that didn't seem out of the ordinary in terms of just <laughs> how a news cycle works. Like the local town is going to write about the local event that happened there and then the newspapers follow other newspapers. And, but then the boss like calls her and is like, what the hell are you up to? You need to get your ass to work and yells at her. Oh, she basically. was an asshole to Allie. She really was. When she gave her a week to get this article done and she's actually working. It's not like she, she was actually working. Yeah. But she's supposed to interview this. Her job is to interview this author, right? But she can't find the author. But her well, job, well, her job is to write an expose about the author because she's been such a recluse and like, what's her deal? Where's she been? Okay. Right. But then, so then the boss like yells at her. The boss is basically like, how dare you shop at a farmer's market? Right. Seriously. She shames her. It's like, well, <laughs> gee, how, da- how dare you buy fresh vegetables? You're you're giving our paper, and then she even says you're giving our paper a bad reputation. I, you know, I I used to get my news from the Seattle Daily or whatever the hell they're called, but uh, you know, ever since I found out that some of their writers might shop at farmers markets and buy vegetables fresh, I can't take them seriously anymore. You, you bought strawberries. Who do you think you are? Did you buy homemade bread? What are you queuing on? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh so then she's in a, a stable alice is in a stable and she's playing vinyl vinyl like records like yeah she's yeah. playing records i do that too so but not in, in, a, in a barn not not a barn no <laughs> that doesn't seem practical so then she's kind of playing a slow song, and then he comes into the barn and starts slow dancing with her. And then they almost kiss, and then she gets a phone call from Ivy, the boss, who basically isn't pissed at her. She's, she's not pissed at her anymore. And she says, the mayor is stepping down, and he wants to talk to you in a two hours. I know. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. It was tomorrow morning. She was. She's like, he wants to talk to you, and you've got to come back tomorrow. And oh, I know what I wanted to ask. Is this movie being so? They're not trying to pretend like the woman is like a Salinger, right? JD Salinger. They're not trying to do that. They kind of are. I mean, I, I think broadly they are in terms of just the this sort of outline of the movie sense, but I, I don't feel like they're grafting any parts of his life onto this woman's life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so, so of course, Allison's like, well, you know, the boss is like, you better get back here. You know, this is an exclusive front page story. So then Allison is getting ready to leave. And then she basically overhears them getting uh, Stella and uh, Hank getting evicted, basically. Yeah, they finally get to the the 
tension of the movie or the obstacle in the movie is, hey, the ranch is being foreclosed upon. Right. All right. Right. So, so then uh, Allison is saying goodbye. Ivy's actually being, not, you know, she, Ivy's disappointed. Oh, not Ivy. Uh, Stella's disappointed that she's leaving, but she understands. Uh, Allison is actually sad that she's leaving. And then Hank comes in and starts yelling at uh, Allison again for wanting to. He's like, your boss called. Which I didn't. So wait, so the boss mm-hmm. called the landline first. And basically, he said the boss called and like basically told told me that Allison is going to do a better story. Yeah. And then she berated the farm. What what year was this movie at? 1989? Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so then I just invented a he, fax machine in the stable. So then he yells, he once again yells at Allison for wanting to be a career woman. And he's like, and your boss called our farm a little farm. And it's like, dude, you did just get off of the phone with someone telling you that you're getting evicted. So it's not, (laughs) so she's actually not wrong. So, so then, um, so then Allison is, oh, so so then, but then Stella is like, you know, Allison, I actually believe you. Yeah. Because Allison's like, I didn't do this. Like, Allison's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't tell her to call you. So, so then Allison goes back to the city. And then the, uh, Stella's talking about talking to uh, Hank. And Hank is like, she cares more about her career than anything else. She just, she cares about her career. So once again, it's like, how dare you, ma'am, want to be a female and have a career? Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, so I, we forgot to mention that um, they dropped off her camera with her film at the local uh, drugstore. And the guy at the drugstore, the only black person in the movie, mm-hmm. basically his acting was kind of park ranger level. <laughs> yeah. It, it, community theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so then he went and picked up, Hank went and picked up the he's pictures. That actor's doing fine though. He's also a dentist. <laughs> Probably. <Right. laughs> so, so or maybe Hank he actually the owns the were, camera store that they filmed at. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. He probably does some in the camera store. He's not doing too well now. If it's a no. developing film. So uh, he went. So so Hank picked up the pictures, and they were nice pictures. So then, the local paper there did a write up. Well, the Ivy, local paper didn't do the write up. Allie did the write up. Oh, that's right. Allie that's right, went that's right, that's right, on Swifty right. Search. And, like, she got this Swifty like search. bright idea. She goes on Swifty Search and finds out, like, oh, of course this town has a paper. Why didn't I think to look 
<laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Like she's literally a journalist at a newspaper and it didn't dawn on her when she's going to this small town to investigate life in this small town for this famous writer that, hey, maybe this small town has, I don't know, a record of it in a newspaper. Go figure. Sounds like there's not a bright bulb in the bunch. No. But what's Swifty Search? Is that their version of Google? That was their version of Google. So anyway, so okay. she writes. She goes and writes about. She writes her story, her big expose about Annabelle for uh, this little paper, and and talks about how great the ranch is. I'm buying right. stock at Swifty Search. I'm gonna be a millionaire by next year. And then Ivy, her boss, gets pissed and fires her on the spot. In that particular instance, Ivy is not wrong. Ooh. No. Because Allison had a non-compete. <clears throat> right. And, but then Allison, I think Allison did that to sabotage herself because she didn't want to be at that job anyway. I mean, maybe secretly, but she was still shocked when she got fired. Right. So, so then um, Ma uh, Marie is talking to her. Oh, does Marie call her or does she call Marie? She call Marie calls her. Yeah, Marie calls her. And then the uh what's Susan's in the background. And then Marie's like, Oh my god, you're in the big city. Can I see your office? Can you show me? And it was <laughs> It's like, oh, Marie. Like, I don't care what small town you're from. If you're, if you're a, I'm assuming a teenager or even an adult, right. you wouldn't be excited about like, oh, my God, what's an office in the city look like? It's so glamorous. Like this, the, the, wor the worst offense of this movie, and it's throughout the entire thing, is they're talking down to their audience the entire time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of rural people probably watch these movies right. too, and they're insulting. Yeah, they're them. insulting females in rural communities, who is probably the the large makeup of the audience. So, so then, okay, now Jason, I didn't realize that the town was in trouble until Marie was like, "Your article saved our town." Well, I, this is, again, why I think that they're implying that this uh, farm was a uh, ranch was a, a commune is because everything about that town's economy was somehow related to that ranch, the, the farmer's market and the charity. And they had that secret book club. And uh, it seemed like everyone in town sort of like knew the ranch. And like it, it felt like they were all living on the same property. Right. So then, this is when people could, Stella, all, people could all pitch in and try to help them out with that foreclosure, but... They, they said something to the effect of everyone kind of pitches in with the farming. I, f I forget how they worded it, but I was like, this yeah. is very communist-sounding. Yeah, this, this ranch sounds devious to me. Sex cult. I mean, again, the, you've got your serial killery-looking leading man in the movie. 
You've got this mysterious uh, disappearance of this woman we never hear about or that nobody has seen. Uh, we've got this girl that is yeah. like an adult but speaks like a child. Like maybe she's never uh, uh, mentally developed past teendom. Uh, like this has all the makings of a Lifetime movie. I because I, I, I like like you know we all know I haven't seen this movie. I imagine this ranch looking like it's like that house from the Amityville Horror. And there's oh. like a, you know, there's like a doll in the house that never closes its eye. It, it, it keeps its eyes open and speaks at night. And there's a passageway to hell in the basement. <laughs> you know, they see a face and a fire. Margot Kidder right. is there. That's Margot Kidder. That's the scariest <laughs> thing. Well, I know she died. I should say that. And James Brolin. Because <laughs> James Brolin was in the Amityville Horror too. Yeah. I apologize to Margot Kidder's fan base. <laughs> I like her. Oh. Yeah. So then Allison goes back to the town. Like, was it the same day or the next? Like, it was pretty soon. Yeah. So then Allison goes back into town. And then this that's when Stella reveals that I am actually Annabelle Harper. And it's time for me to cut. Oh, wait. No, the little, actually, the neighbor. The friend, her best friend revealed it as friend. if, hey, you're, you seem like a smart girl, Allison. You probably figured it out. She basically just I says, like, like, oh, I assumed you knew. Right. <laughs> It's well, like, it's yeah, bad. because you're That's literally, you're literally a journalist and you're literally obsessed with this writer and all of the possible facts are right at your fingertips and you can't figure it out. Oh. Right. And then she's like, here's a pie. Yeah. And then, so then she, and so then Annabelle decided to come out of, 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 not, I, of, uh, hermit, what do you call it? Out of recluse, uh, she was no longer a recluse. Yeah. Come, comes she out of the light. She was no longer a recluse. She came out because of self-imposed exile. Yeah, she. They well, claim that she wanted to keep her anonymity uh, from her her writing name because she didn't want the spotlight shined on her family. Which yes. I, I get in the sense of, you know, the, the press can be pretty savage mm -hmm. to all the people connected with you because she was a very successful writer. Uh, but then they act like nobody's had any interest in her whatsoever since she retired. And you know what? Yeah. I think that's no mean. I think that's mean because I believe in nepotism. Okay. And so, right, because, you know, it what, does if, exist. What, if, what if one of her kids or grandkids wanted to be famous? Oh, so you think she should have stayed in the spotlight just in case they might want yeah. it someday? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Long-term yeah. planning for nepotism. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what the Spilling family is up to. See? Well, not anymore. N no? Perry Spelling's kind of broke. Oh. Oh, well. Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, okay. So then... Annabelle decided that she was going to say they were, now they need to save the town that we're just now at the end of the movie oh. <laughs> are fighting out is in trouble. <clears throat> the whole town. So they decide to have a charity hoedown and then Annabelle is going to reveal herself to society and sign books. Wow, what a turnaround. Yeah. Well, the, the whole so movie, then, they kind of hint that she's ready to reveal this, but Hank doesn't want her to. 
Yeah. Because, you know, Grandma, you are a woman, and you were successful as Annabelle, so I didn't know about the successful woman thing. So then they're at the charity hoedown, and all of a sudden, and this is where it gets really dumb, Kurt. They're mm-hmm. at the charity hoedown, and all of a sudden, uh, Allison's boss and her best friend show up in the town. Yeah, we've seen stupid things like that happen before. So then, well, we did we even out- talk about Hank showing up to the office in Seattle? Oh, damn it. Okay, tell us, Jason. I forgot so, about that. So, uh, Hank figures out Allie got fired because of that article she wrote praising the town, blah, blah, blah. So, he goes to Seattle, and they film the scene like he's this yokel, like, walking in there with a cowboy hat, which he hadn't really worn in the movie at all until this point. But now he's in the city wearing a cowboy hat, and his... Uh, his uh, cowboy boots with his jeans tucked in it which cowboys don't actually do and starts strolling no. through the office and like busts into to ivy's to tell her off mm-hmm. now remember he grew up in la mm-hmm. well maybe he's <laughs> one of the village people i don't know I, i'm trying to justify this again that would be way more interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so yeah, so he's so so he's and so he, didn't he say like howdy, ma'am, or something like that? It's something offensive again, talking down to the audience, like ugh, ugh. howdy, lassie, right? No, where's so the then boss? after this? Where's so the, the boss scene, secretary? I'm sorry, go right? Well, no, he did kind of say something he did like say that. that. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty similar to that. So, so then they're at the charity hoedown, and then all of a sudden, the boss shows up at the hoedown with her best friend. And then we find out... With Allie's best friend, not uh, Stella's. Yeah, Allie, Allie's best friend. I thought that it was, you know, she adopted, you know, the best friend. Oh, and then by the way, Allie gave her old story <laughs> to her best friend, yes. so then her best friend could get a promotion. Wait. So this I, this is actually my favorite detail of the movie. I can't believe that I didn't state it. So, yeah, she gets fired and then goes out and she's talking to the BFF and tells her she got fired. And she's like, well, you you get this this interview with the mayor now. It's your story. And I'm like, I don't think that's how getting fired works. I don't think you get to be the assignment editor and figure out who's going to do the story since you can't now. Yeah, it sounds like so now your best. It sounds like she got a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be like and if, and if I got fired for like lighting for plagiarism. Yeah. Like if I got fired from my job because mm-hmm. like I, I told off a customer or something and then I turned to one of my coworkers, former coworkers and say, well, you're the manager now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, oh, so then we find out that <laughs> Ivy, the boss is actually from a farm. Because she, cause she called her grandfather Peepaw. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The fact, right? The fact that that would be some kind of reveal. That was the reveal. Okay. I don't know and what I call it a reveal as much as a they needed an excuse for Ivy to soften. Right. Okay. 
There's a character. So, so then, so then, we find out at the end of the movie as well that um, the, that they need ten thousand dollars to save the farm. So then Ivy gives them a check for fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. And now the farm is saved with five thousand extra to go shopping. <laughs> yeah, to buy more pitchforks and cowboy hats and bad business uh, uh, right there. They need ten thousand. She's giving it fifteen. And then at the end, they uh, H- Hank and that. This is the end. And then Hank and Hank and uh, Allison. The successful author doesn't have $10,000 lying around. I didn't understand how she didn't own the place outright. Because, okay, let's use this as an example. Didn't Harper Lee, up until she was very old, she only wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, and she lived off of the To Kill a Mockingbird money forever. I don't know, but you're saying that this woman, she's an older woman, so she's been at it for a while, and... You know, and she's she's written a bunch of books, right? Yeah, they make they the way they paint the picture of her career is that she's very successful. I would say probably on the level of like a Judy Bloom. Okay. Right. Well then yeah, she'd still be getting money. If she doesn't have ten thousand dollars, she's doomed. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Right. And that's that's that's, she needed ten thousand dollars after they had the fundraiser. After they had the big book signing yeah. fundraiser thing, which was supposed to raise all this money, they were still ten grand short. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And like I said, I keep on thinking of Harper Lee, who wrote one book up until you know, by the time the sequel came out, she was mm-hmm. almost dead. She lived off of one, you know, you get royalties from a popular book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on the kind of feel that you have um but, yeah. and her books were still in print this lady yeah um so so then that so then at the end uh hank and and allison were talking and then you know they kissed and it was over and that was it but the money that was ultimately owed in the ranch was more than ten thousand, right? Because they raised some at it's, this. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Th- so they okay. like th- the ranch was deeper in the hole than we thought. Like, how did she not own the ranch to begin with? And then so they were renting. Oh no, no, no! They did own it, but they were just they were paying a mortgage, and it sounds like they fell behind the mortgage. That, that's how you go into foreclosure. Yeah, yeah exactly. But why? Oh, David, you're why, saying you're surprised the place wasn't. Paid off. Yeah, because they they talk yeah. about her having lived there, uh, for or having bought it many years ago, her and her husband. Uh, if they took out a mortgage, but were these people hurting so bad? Like, I, like I don't understand. She she should have some cash. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't yeah. add up. A lot of this movie doesn't add up. We are we are trying to figure out the logic of something that is not logical. They're trying to discourage people from being authors. It sounds like this is what's going to happen. You're going to end up in foreclosure, even if you're a successful author. They want well, women. You're a woman. They want oh. women baking want cookies, baking planting cookies. flowers, and doing what the man what wants kind of them to do. I know we're going on and on, but what what kind of books did she write? You said she was like a Judy Bloom. No, I just mean in terms of her level of success. I they they were like romance books. 
but but not like but not like harlequin like more romantic okay like a barbara cartland Hmm. well maybe they fell upon hard times and i don't know sounds like someone did to this movie that was it well i took that in i i i don't think i don't need to watch it now do you have any questions kurt uh, I don't think so. I think I, I think I got the full scope. I think I understand. I'm not going to watch that because I'm too busy watching Bride of Reanimator. I have to watch the rest <laughs> of that. I have to watch the there rest of go. that. <laughs> there, there, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we, <laughs> we saved you, Kurt. Well, I appreciate it. That's, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting that as, as a gift. That's an hour and 20 minutes or hour and 28 minutes that I will never get back. This went pretty well. I, you know, I was able to absorb this, uh, this movie. It's, uh, right. It's like storytelling. It's a little like that charity event with those, the kids with the cookies. It's kind of like a a storytelling thing, which I I got to experience. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoy the, uh, being able to let things unfold for you. I, I like this. Uh, maybe we should uh, trade off every now and then, and one of us gets a week off of watching the movie and gets to figure it out along with the audience. Yes, yes. Listeners, please let us know if you enjoyed this format. I think it worked pretty well. Yeah. And hey, not for lifetime though. No. Everybody wants to watch this. No lifetime. <laughs> See, I think lifetime movies should be watched. Okay. I'm okay with that. I maybe just the weeks we do Hallmark, one one of us gets the week off of watching. Because the Lifetime movies, I have a feeling describing the Lifetime movies, then the person being having the description would probably be bummed that they didn't watch yeah. it. Especially yeah, when we do like fun. a stalk by my doctor or something like that. Yeah, we don't understand. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Facebook at Kirkendall Barrett Presentations, or you can find me at my uh, website, Les Kirkendall Barrett, or you can find me on Instagram at Kirkendall Jason. You can find all of us on Instagram at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. And I did post a picture of the Hallmark wine there if anyone wants to see it. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where I also posted about the Hallmark wine at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. Oh, you can look me up on Facebook. I've got my updates and things like that as for public viewing. And I have a website, KurtFitzpatrick.com, Kurt with a K. And Les, do you want to promote your show that you're in? Yes. If you are in the L.A. area, I am in a show called Clue Live. It's an immersive version of the game Clue. Uh, Perez Hilton came a few days ago and actually talked about it and gave us like a favorable review and talked about it on his page and stuff. So and it's helped like we're getting audiences like crazy. So thanks, Perez Hilton. <laughs> oh, and then if you if you're interested, just go it. Just go to Clue Live, and that's all you need. Just type it in, and all the information will come up. And uh, one other thing, uh, you can find uh, if 
on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, please continue to bring in those uh, five-star reviews. I actually noticed we've had a few that we haven't addressed on the show, so maybe we'll yes. uh, read those next week. Yes, please. Oh, yes, good, let's good. do that. We'll do some letters. Yeah. Let's do that. Like, Yeah, I think we do need to start giving, giving our audiences uh, some shout-outs, you know? Especially... Cause I, and I get feedback. I get feedback. People are like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. I'm obsessed with your podcast. So, yeah, it's about, it's about time we give our, our listeners sure, some, yeah. some kudos because we really, we really, really do appreciate your support. We really do. We'll read your letters. Yeah. And anything else? Oh, I got it. No, I think that's it. Well, actually... I, 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 I was kind of freaked out. There's a show called F Boy Island that was on my mind. Oh, see that? That's fun. Oh, I would watch that. that. Glacier. Who's the, the 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 comedian? Her name is her last name is Glacier. Oh, Alana. Uh, uh, Alina. Is it Alana? Nikki Glacier. It's probably Glazer? Nikki. It's probably Nikki. Wait, think, Nikki Glacier. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, there's there's a okay. there's a show called F Boy Island where half I don't know they they go into an island. And half the guys are F boys. The other half are nice guys. And they compete for these three ladies. And this is on HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> three ladies. This is what HBO, this is, what HBO <laughs> is showing these days. Is this the end of civilization? No, HBO Max is showing well, that. Notice, Max. Notice who they would have the nerve now. So someone came up with this idea and said, let's pitch it to HBO. Well, she is a comedian, now so I'm know. assuming that it does have a bit of a satirical mm -hmm. take on all these reality shows. And and you know that that Zoe Kravitz is directing a movie called P Word Island. Nikki Glaser. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was that, Les? P Word Island. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz is is directing a movie called P Word Island. P. Oh well. You know you know the 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 P part of a cat. <laughs> we can curse on the show less you know that right okay it's called pussy island <laughs> the cat oh okay we drop f-bombs left and right i mean come on okay yeah cat, so the, the movie word on a cat the cat's pussy <laughs> right so, so 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 zoe zoe kravitz has directed a movie called pussy island all right all right well so forward to that Right. That's it. F Boy Island was on my mind because it's out. It's out in the world. It's out in the, you know. So that's it. That's all. I'm. I'm. I'm done, Mike. I'm satisfied. All right, gentlemen. Well, um, I will see you next week. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>